Hi, I'm Sean Riley. Today is March 16th, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of How Are You Helping? Welcome back to another episode of How Are You Helping? The podcast that brings to you notable leaders of purpose-driven organizations who share the mindsets, attitudes, and beliefs that got them focused on living a compassionate, altruistic life or career. Well, I was preparing a different topic to talk about with you guys today. But now that the World Health Organization has officially declared COVID-19, the respiratory disease caused by the new coronavirus, a pandemic, and different countries have declared this as a national emergency, including the U.S., as a person who majored in public health in college, I felt the incredible need to switch my focus to this global public health emergency instead and do my part by using my platform to educate the public about this disease. I wanted to do a special solo episode on it because it's an urgent issue that has surprised us in levels we have never seen or felt before. We first heard about the coronavirus in November, and back then we thought that it would only affect China. But as days and weeks have gone by, we have all been caught off guard, and the virus has spread dramatically and turned to a global health emergency. And now, as I speak, more than 132,000 cases of COVID-19 have now been reported from 123 countries with over 5,000 deaths with no signs of slowing yet. In fact, outside of China, it is still growing at an exponential rate. According to the World Health Organization, Europe has now become the epicenter of the pandemic with more reported cases and deaths than the rest of the world combined. The coronavirus has altered life as we know it. Literally everything has been canceled from sporting events to Broadway plays, and greater numbers of people that we know, including celebrities like Tom Hanks and his wife, have been infected by COVID-19, making it feel more real for the people around us. So what really is the coronavirus, or specifically COVID-19? According to the CDC, the virus that causes COVID-19 probably emerged from an animal, but it is now spreading from person to person. So an even more important question, is how can we prevent this virus from spreading further and intervene as soon as possible? So first off, I want to start off with what we can do at the individual level to help minimize the spread, and then talk about some of the ways that you can help others during this public health emergency. I encourage you to follow guidance by the World Health Organization and Centers for Disease Control to combat this crisis. The World Health Organization has formulated a comprehensive approach which they call the Eight-Pillar Strategic Preparedness and Response Plan for businesses, governments, and individuals. The first step of this plan is to prepare and be ready. This means every person must know the signs and the symptoms and how to protect themselves and others. This is especially important if you have small kids. Every health worker should be able to recognize this disease, provide care, and know what to do with their patients. Every health facility should be ready to cope with large numbers of patients and ensure the safety of their staff and patients. And guys, just because we're quarantined doesn't mean we should treat this as a snow day. 
don't take this opportunity to hold large gatherings with kids and set up additional playdates. Use this time to quarantine and to separate yourself with some social isolation from others. Next, we must find, isolate, and test every case to break the chains of transmission. Third, we must reduce transmission. This involves isolating the sick and quarantining their contacts. This is where many countries like the US have turned to canceling sporting events like the NCAA's college basketball tournament, the rest of the NBA season, schools have been canceled, and countries are closing their borders. We must slow down transmission in order to save lives. Fourth, in this comprehensive plan, we need to innovate and learn. This is a new virus and a new situation, and every country has lessons to share. Fifth, I know it sounds really basic, but we must follow simple and effective protocols to reduce the risk of infection for ourselves and especially for those around us who are at higher risk, like the elderly and people with underlying medical conditions. Clean your hands regularly with an alcohol-based rub or soap and water. Cover your mouth and nose with your elbow if you cough or sneeze. I know, again, it sounds really simple, but just doing these basic health practices are gonna do a lot in order to help stop this virus. Sixth, if you're sick, make sure to stay home. Many companies are pushing people to work remotely. Seventh, avoid unnecessary travel and large social gatherings. Some travel experts are saying, maybe it might not hurt to purchase airline tickets now for your summer travel, but just know that if you need to cancel that later, you'll have a flight credit for a year. You can try this at your own risk, but for some travel bugs, that's a risk that they're willing to take. Eight, and finally, the last piece of advice that the World Health Organization has is to give to the fund that was set up by them and the United Nations Foundation, which is called the COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. Until recently, it was only governments that were relied upon to support the response. But now, individuals, philanthropies, and organizations are able to contribute as well. It's available at covid19responsefund.org. I'll have the link to this fund available in the show notes. The fund helps to ensure all countries are prepared, and especially those with the weakest health systems. The funds help frontline workers get essential supplies and information, and accelerates efforts to develop vaccines, tests, and treatments. Now that we know some of the things that we can do at the basic level, what about for those who are demonstrating signs and symptoms, have been in close contact with someone known to have coronavirus, or have recently traveled from an area with widespread or ongoing community spread of the virus and are seeking care? Again, make sure to quarantine yourself, monitor your symptoms, take note of your temperature, observe your condition, and finally, if you think you need to seek medical care, but you don't want to go into your hospital or clinic, consider telemedicine. Telemedicine, for those who are not aware, is the remote diagnosis and treatment of patients virtually by the means of your phone. E-InfectionMD, for example, is a telemedicine company um, that can see patients with any insurance, including Medicare. Check with your insurance carrier on which telemedicine company is in your network. Another one of these infectious disease organizations is called CoolQuit. CoolQuit is offering free coronavirus screening, evaluation, and testing for all Medi-Cal patients in California. This organization can evaluate your symptoms, write any medically necessary prescriptions, 
and arrange for you to be tested at an authorized facility closest to you. And if you're in California and are a Medicare patient, 65 years of age or older with underlying health conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, or heart disease, and are concerned you may have the coronavirus, Dr. Eugene Gu is giving away free thermometers to monitor you via telemedicine. Due to the overwhelming high volume of requests during this emergency, only those with the worst symptoms can be addressed. But if you're interested in the service and reside in California, visit www.coolquit.com for more information. Finally, if you are exhibiting symptoms of respiratory distress, such as severe shortness of breath, a dry cough, headache, fever, or a fast pulse rate, those are instances in which you may want to utilize the emergency department to receive your care. I have heard about those with small children who have gone through the process of going to an emergency department, paying with insurance, and waiting hours just to find out that there are not enough tests available for those without other serious medical conditions. The person was told to stay quarantined and to get plenty of rest until they recover. What I'm trying to say is the United States is in a serious and critical position where we need more test kits available to diagnose those who have the virus. Due to administrative red tape, lack of equipment and samples, and leadership and coordination issues, the United States has only conducted roughly 14,000 tests nationally while other countries like South Korea and China have each tested hundreds of thousands of cases. It's important at this time to not only protect ourselves from the virus, but to reach out and support our friends and family who may be more vulnerable to this outbreak. This is a good opportunity to call your friends and older family members to check in on them. Also, you might consider donating blood to blood drive organizations, and especially if you have given blood before and know that you're an eligible donor. The Red Cross and LifeSouth.org are encouraging eligible donors to give blood today, as when this virus spreads, the number of eligible donors will decline. They say the need today is equivalent to a major hurricane. Social media rumors have caused blood donation drives to dry up, with many local hospitals only having a two-day supply of blood for emergency rooms and surgeries and for military servicemen and women. The FDA, which regulates blood centers, says you can't get coronavirus through a blood donation. And so far, there are no reported cases of coronavirus through transfusion transmission. So guys, donate blood if you can. I know I plan on scheduling mine. Finally, I can't overemphasize being kind and compassionate at these times. As we all know, things might be tougher on the people around us than we realize. We never know what others could be going through. Maybe their employment is affected by this crisis, for example. And loneliness is already an epidemic in this country. So now would be the perfect time to call some friends or family members. And if you are in a position to help others, this is one of those occasions where a little bit of caring can go a long way. Just this morning, I heard this story about a man in Phoenix, Arizona, who is reaching out to provide support to any family in the Phoenix area who will have lost income because of the coronavirus and can't pay their bills. Evidently, this is a man of the Christian faith who cited the Bible verse, Acts 20.35, which says we must remember the words of Jesus who said, it is better to give than to receive. It is inspiring acts like these, which is why our platform exists. If you are inclined to donate money, I highly encourage you to pay attention to who could be in need in your circle. And if you have something extra to donate, consider donating to your local food bank. 
If you live in the United States, you can visit feedamerica.org and donate there. So take this time to reflect, reset, and remember what's truly important to us now that some of the noise has died down while we practice safe social distancing. If for no other reason, remember we are doing this for those who are elderly, immunocompromised, or have pre-existing medical conditions. For most of you, it probably goes without saying, but now is not the time to be selfish and hoard off toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Just the other day, I visited Vons, Costco, and Target just to find that they were all out of these essential items. To think that there are people out there selling these items to make a profit when others aren't able to purchase them to meet their basic needs is a cruel and terrible thing. So I urge all of you to be a little extra generous with your resources because you never know who might need it. And the only way we're going to get through this is together. So thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Don't stop being compassionate and generous. And please wash your hands and take good care of yourselves.